So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a life coach who ended a 20-year relationship with alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to quitting alcohol that breaks all the rules, amazing stories from women who are throwing a better party because of it, and how you can stop drinking and start living. This show is not a substitute for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a health professional if your alcohol consumption is a risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Hello, my beautiful listeners. Thank you again for being back to really just expand your awareness into what's possible. I think podcasting is such an amazing way to not, you know, need to attach to any new ideas or ways that you need to be, but just to gather information so that as you move through your own personal truths, you can just have more information to choose from. And especially when it comes to changing your relationship to alcohol, um, it's so important to be able to see past how you have lived into your life. So to see what's possible based on a different reality of the future, different from the past way that you have lived. And sometimes a really great way to do that is by seeing an example of what's possible for someone else. I know that was huge for me. I had a few role models that, you know, really um, exemplified for me this truth and this belief that alcohol could become an irrelevant part of my life, that I enjoyed it greatly at one point, or that it was at least the story I created. Um, but as it was no longer of service to me, my life, my goals, and my connection to my myself and my highest self, 
um, that it was no longer in service. And it really did take seeing this example of other people being able to change it to know that it was possible. And then from there, I started to question and rewrite my beliefs around it. Excuse me. So we're in this time of quarantine right now, which as I continue to think more about it and connect with others, I've done several interviews. I'm so excited. I'm going to drop one this week. And I think probably for the next several weeks, because I think that the interviews are just such a personal Um, like I was just saying, a personal look into someone else's life who all of these women are so inspiring. They're leading amazing lives and they all have a different relationship with alcohol. They all have a different story. So it's just showing you there's no shame. It really comes from this place of observation and just like saying, you know, I'm really exploring my relationship to sugar or to a person that isn't really serving my highest self. The alcohol is the exact same way. So when we can drop the story and drop the labels. We open ourselves into this opportunity of just letting it be like anything else, even if it has caused us great pain or suffering or damage. And I think we're really seeing this exemplified in the world right now as we're all in this kind of global reality shift. Um, we're seeing that mindset is really playing such an integral part in how we're handling the situation and in how we are interpreting it. So of course there's health concerns and risks in that way. And I just want to give a shout out to all of the essential workers that are out there, even the non-essential workers, people that are having to work to, you know, maintain and outside of the home. And I just, being courageous and being brave to support the collective is such a noble work. And then of course we have all of our educators who are at home teaching children. And, um, I just want to say thank you and big prayers and blessings to you for all of the work that you do. Um, but as we, you know, take this sacred pause, there are many people that are allowing it to be a time of pause and reflection and integrating new ways of being and habits and kind of um, having that discernment of what wasn't serving me? What about my quote unquote normal? Am I really not ready to rush back to? And what were so many of the stories I created about time, about money, about what was possible? And I think that that And then, you know, I, so I think there's people doing that. And then I think there are people just really living in the state of fear and scarcity and anxiety, especially as you tune into media or social media where, which is a business that wants to continue to grow in their ratings, even though there's information, you know, we've just been kind of checking in for a moment really with the governor's report or what the schools are sending us to really inform our truth and how we want to move about the world. So we're just completely sticking to quarantine. If we have to leave the property, we're really using all of the health protocols. And that's kind of about all you really can do. And then of course, people know that we're available if there's emergency situations that are needed. Um, but it's this really amazing time to explore your relationship to alcohol because there are so many old triggers or old cues that aren't going to be present for you right now. And there are so many new 
stressors or new things that you can choose to respond to with awareness in a different way. So we've never had this virus. We've never had quarantine. So can you choose to respond to that situation or to maybe being home with your children full time in a way that is not solving the problem with alcohol or masking the problem with alcohol? Can you choose to tap into mindfulness and mindset and exercise and meditation and nature or as an opportunity to just connect to your life in a new way with curiosity and with openness? And then those old association triggers that are no longer there, say the end of a work day or going to happy hour or being at a sporting event or any hundreds of number of things that you were doing in your life that created, um, that there were these cues that were association triggers. Since those are no longer there, can you take this opportunity to rewrite a new story for yourself if you've really been wanting to change your relationship to alcohol. Because I guarantee there are many, many people sitting at home right now that are like, this alcohol is just not doing for me what it once was because the association triggers are no longer there. And so just briefly, um, you can go back and listen to last week last week's episode where I talk about association triggers, but these are circumstances that you associate with drinking now that you have drank while experiencing that particular cue. So at first it wasn't a trigger because say you drank at five, started drinking at five o'clock every time you got out of work. Um, five o'clock wouldn't have initially been a cue for you, but after an extended amount of time, of your subconscious mind, and this is just classical conditioning, of your subconscious mind knowing at five o'clock it's going to receive this dopamine rush. You might not be getting out of work at five. You could be in a you know completely different environment or completely different space, but now five o'clock on the weekends triggers that cue. And even though you're not getting off of work and it triggers your desire for alcohol. So that's what an association cue is. Or say every time you get stressed about your relationship or your partner and you're upset, you have a drink and you do that repeatedly again and again and again. And now that's the only, and then so every time now that you get stressed in general, from a different relationship, you automatically think about having a drink because that trigger of stress or a flood of cortisol is now triggering, I want to I want to drink, I want that dopamine response. So these aren't natural, innate responses, right? We aren't born with these cues of wanting to have a drink in these situations. They are learned behaviors. And what the best, most exciting thing about it is, is that they can be unlearned. And when you use the process that I've um, talked about in this podcast, this five shifts process, which is really an expansive awareness, shifting your mindset of curiosity and kind of just like chilling out a little bit about making such a big deal about it and just being like, okay, this has been dramatic enough for so long that let's just see if I can let it go 
I'm going to drink. I'm not going to drink. I'm just going to sit and observe and not give it so much power, not give the alcohol so much power in my mind and just take a deep breath and relax. When you start to tune into shifting your mindset in that way, the unlearning process and the rewiring process happens much faster than if you grit your teeth, clench your fists and be like, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to drink. That can go on for the rest of your life. And so people will ask me, you know, you you want to drink. You just don't. And that's no, I don't. I have no desire for alcohol at all. It is irrelevant to me. Do I still have association triggers? Yes. But on a day to day, my routine has been relearned. So my daily routine triggers are not the same anymore because not only have I been rewiring those pathways, but I've been creating new ones of new and inspiring things that feel amazing that I love. And so why I think it's so important to look at this amazing opportunity as a, as a way to examine your relationship to alcohol is because there's not the same amount of excuses. There's new excuses, which means you can create new pathways and new association triggers if you would like to, because we don't know as we are finding out what the, you know, we're seeing that that veil of security, that false sense of security is really starting to reveal itself that it was, that was never really there. And we're seeing how globally, um, you know, climate change is having, such a dramatic shift as human beings aren't being the plague on the planet that we are um, by just simply ceasing travel. And so we really don't know what is going to happen in the future. If these types of things are going to continue, if there's going to be more natural disasters. So it is so important for you and for your family and for your loved ones and for your longevity and for your happiness, no matter how long you're on this planet for your satisfaction is to be in control of your emotions, is to not rely on an external circumstance or an external thing like alcohol to buffer you to make things okay and better because that might not always be there. And I want you to be strong, mind, body, and spirit to move forward. So right now, your excuses for drinking are not going to be the same. So the invitation would be to look at what that is. What are your old association triggers that aren't present for you right now? And then what are some new stressors that you're choosing to use alcohol for that you could do something different with. Right now, you have that choice. You have that choice to not create more triggers, more cues that are you associating with alcohol. And so for those people that have been rewriting their relationship with alcohol, it is this amazing opportunity to see how changing your relationship with alcohol supports your resilience in the face of adversity. And when you do it in the the way that I teach my clients to, in this way where it's more about mindset and it's about empowerment, you start to see that your capacity to handle any situation when you're no longer using alcohol as that Band-Aid becomes so much greater and just your awareness 
of choice. And so, so many of us are afraid to take personal responsibility because then we can no longer be the victim, right? But personal responsibility can be this amazing opportunity to, for inspiration, but you have to be able to take the good with the bad too. Um, and it's just kind of like politics. You know, I think that we can look out and blame policy and blame these leaders for all the things that they're not doing, but we can flip the mirror and look back in our own homes and our own lives and say, you know, what are the choices that we make as individuals in our homes that could really change the face of the community of humanity in the world? And until we really do that, I think that that's the first place to start because it's the one thing that we really have control over is our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions and how we live into our own personal lives. Every choice we make is not governed. It's not dictated. So until you decide to do that, I really think that we don't have a lot of we don't have a lot to say about how others, we're just giving more of our power away by not making the changes in our lives that can make our lives better first. And then, but when we all do that as a collective and a whole, think about how much better the world would be in general. And we have more abundance, more mindset, abundant mindset to go and help our neighbor to really live in community. And I think I'm seeing now more than ever that the the idea of community not really living into the definition of what it is it's this commune itty it's this living into sharing of resources not just selling things to one another but truly sharing say like i have an abundance of this the neighbors brought us you know when they met us they brought us eggs from their chickens and it's like how can we support them if they need an extra hand? Like sharing resources, giving of yourself and your time freely, even when you don't feel like it. Okay, that's a little bit of a soapbox. <laughs> so um, when you shift your mindset to understand that not every thought is fact, you take more responsibility for your personal actions. And so that's the thing right now. There's this scarcity mindset that, you know, God forbid we run out of toilet paper. Like, so now what happens? Oh my gosh. Like we've never been there as a human race. Like we have this, we've got this, we can do this. You know, like if we had to go back to building huts out of sticks and growing all of our own food and, you know, finding water, like we could do this. We were born to be able to do this. And could you still be happy doing that? Could you still find joy and satisfaction could you gaze under the light of the full moon and embrace your loved ones and look into their eyes without a drink in your hand and feel satisfied at this life that is a gift that you've been given? So you start to understand that you can choose to react or to respond. And so a reaction is that kind of fight or flight or respond. Responding comes from on purpose and with grace. So we have this circumstance that's in front of us. How are we choosing? Are we going to just go to our old ways of our old patterns of, oh my God, I've got a drink to get, you know, to move through this? Or can I choose to respond in a new way, in a way that's evolved, in a way that's awakened, in a way that's bringing new awareness to myself, to, you know, to growing into um, a new way of being in this world? We all want change, but are you willing to change? Are you willing to put in the work? 
and to actually have more fun on the other side. And that's what you have to, that's what so many people don't realize is that, wow, could this be better on the other side of it? And I understand there's a lot of lives that are being lost right now, but could humanity as a whole be better on the other side of this? And I think so. I believe so. Um, And it's the same on the other side of alcohol. And I think, frankly, a lot of people, when they aren't drinking, they don't know what to do. I talked about this in one of my interviews um, that kind of at the beginning of it, you might be a little bit bored because all of your free time has been spent kind of drinking and shooting the shit or watching a game or in drinking or doing this and drinking. And so you have to find new ways to live into your life and you have to explore new hobbies and relating to the people in your world in a new way. And that might be new people that might be ending relationships. Um, so if you are in overwhelm, you can assess the situation and ask, is this true? So You know, there are statistics. We've talked a lot about this in my house with the virus in itself. And, you know, what are the chances? How can I mitigate my risks? And am I going to choose to continuously bombard my subconscious with with fear-based information? No, I'm not. I'm going to go outside and see what's thriving, see the abundance rather than the scarcity. So this is how manifestation works too. That which you focus your mind on is what comes back to you, right? That is what you bring more of into your awareness. You know, if you run out of toilet paper, will your life be ruined? Can you use a rag and wash it? And could this be actually better for the planet in the long run? Maybe, you know, I don't know. So I decided there's four main things, four main qualities that really build your resilience into fate, times of adversity after you have changed your relationship to alcohol or when you are in the process of changing your relationship to alcohol. When you do it from a mindset-based approach and a mindfulness, ex- growing, expansive awareness approach rather than... Um, you know, the willpower, um, deprivation approach, because there are different ways of not drinking. And so mine is an inspired, opened, alive peace. And there are other people that are living into deprivation of why can't I drink? Mine is I'm glad I don't drink. And so many people right now that have changed their relationship to alcohol over the last couple of years, and probably in general, I've only talked to some more people that are recently, when I say in the last couple of years, um, living an alcohol-free life are just so glad that they, that's for them, that's one less thing that they have to consider, you know, where am I going to get my wine tonight? And not only, you know, we also know the health, (laughs) the health risks, we know um, putting yourself at risk out in the world to go get wine just seems kind of like ridiculous at this point, but um, without judgment, it's, um, it's, it would just be like, we've thought about like, you know, wanting to make something special for dinner. And we're like, no, we really decided we're going to move through all of the food we have until we need to get more necessities. Um, and I think that's just being responsible for your own safety. And so, um, the uh, number one is the ability to allow emotions. So, so much of drinking alcohol is, to buffer or to lessen the the presence of emotion. 
Um, sometimes it's to even add to what we think is the excitement of emotion. Um, we get excited and that can kind of create a little bit of anxiety and overwhelm. And I think sometimes in the body we confuse anxiety and, and excitement. And so we drink, but when you change your relationship to alcohol, you become friends with what is a truly human experience. And I actually think such a gift is our ability to feel, our ability to experience all emotion because emotions are the GPS of our existence and they really cue us into our thoughts. And when we allow them, we can inquire about them further. And so this is the difference between reacting and responding. If we react in an emotional way, we our emotions are usually um, cued or triggered by thoughts of something that's not necessarily supportive, right? So we have a thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. And then we have this emotion of overwhelm and anxiety. But if you allow the emotion and you sit with it and you can breathe into it, you can just let it be like a wave and you state out loud the sensations you're feeling in your body, shortness of breath, and you can relax deeper and you control your breathing, then you can gain more insight into your thoughts that led you to that place. And then you can, before you take any drastic actions, you can respond accordingly or different. And you can ask yourself, you know, is this true? Or you can just say, this is a new experience and I've never been in quarantine. I've never, um, my job hasn't been, you know, potentially on the line in the last 20 years or whatever it is, or my children, I haven't been a full-time parent ever. You know, my children have been in school or daycare since I, they were born. And you can just kind of ask yourself, what is true about this? Can I handle this? And how can I choose the next best step? And I think that that's the best thought in any situation where you're feeling overwhelmed and when you can't go from I'm going to die to life is amazing, you simply say, what is the next best thing I can do one moment to moment to support my growth, to support myself in this situation so that I can have, so that I can cope in the face of adversity and so if your children are home and you are either A, can't go to work or B, are working from home, you know, what are my resources? How can I keep my children occupied or how can I readjust my schedule from what it was so that all, so that I don't create overwhelm, I don't create a new trigger that I want to drink in? So the allowing of emotions is what you learn when you change your relationship to alcohol because your emotions and this unraveling of who you are in relationship to every single thing in your life kind of comes flooding back at you and you have no choice but to allow it. It's either kind of sink or swim at the at that point. And I know that can sound a little overwhelming, but it doesn't last forever. And it just shows you all of the things, all of the problems you've kind of been solving for. I know for me, there, I was drinking through, you know, my, my early adulthood. So there was like so many things that I just never really handled, but I didn't even know they were problems because I was just drinking all the time. 
So the second thing that allows you, that supports resilience in the face of adversity is managing the mind to know what's true and what's a story. And I kind of touched on that um, in the allowing of emotion. So you allow your emotions. And I think that that's almost one of the first things that when you are changing your relationship to alcohol is the emotions are very present. So we're really working from the place of feelings first And then we go into managing the mind and saying, you know, what's true? What's a story that I'm creating? And what do I have control over? So in this specific situation is, you know, there is all this scarcity. Well, do I have food? What are my resources? How can I budget better? Um, Is alcohol a good choice for how I'm going to utilize my resources, time energy and money being all of them. Um, and you know, what, how can I mitigate my exposure and all of these things that you need to tune into that innate awareness of the truth and what is true for yourself. And you know, how do I relate to this world? I, um, I contemplate the nature of reality a lot and I always want to be able to walk my talk. I want to be able to utilize these tools of mindfulness, of connection to spirit, of my faith and of managing my mind when I am faced with great adversity. And so I do think, um, and Deepak Chopra talks about, um, experiencing death like on a on a nightly basis kind of moving through um this sensory withdrawal which is a yoga practice actually um and knowing can you find peace can you find peace in the in the face of adversity and we do have the capacity to to live into that it's just not something that's taught in our culture because we've been in this power over model for so long that our innate knowing our innate connection to what is true and our intuition um, and even our connection to spirit has really been overridden by um, the power over model in our society and so if there could be any great change out of all of this i i would hope that it would be for for more of uh, feminine leadership not just female leadership but more of the feminine leadership model of a power with creating more community instead of always just how can i get ahead what is best for me in this how much more can i can i can I have? And, um, because there's enough for all of us, you know, and I just think when we tune into that, the need for alcohol, the need to alter the mind becomes so much less. So that ability to manage the mind, to know what's true and what do I actually have control over and how can I interpret the outer world in a way that best serves me? Um, because we can choose and we choose all the time. And this is such an amazing example of seeing the polarities of how people are choosing to live or, you know, live into this reality, um, based on mindset. And so the third factor is, um, that, well, see, I'm always leading into my own, (laughs) my own writing, um, is to choose happiness instead. And so our ability to, 
I remember when I was, I'm backtracking here, when I was first studying yoga and I was a volunteer a work, um, at the Kripalu Institute in Massachusetts, there was this other institute and they dealt more with mental health and their motto, it was called the Options Institute. And I'll never forget this because I remember just the motto and the Options Institute, like that it is an option. Um, their motto or logo was happiness is a choice that we make from moment to moment. And I had a lot of mental health um, stuff that I dealt with as a um, teen and as a young adult. And I mean, I still do. We all do. (laughs) Mental health is an ongoing. um, And that's why I'm here. Mental health is this ongoing maintenance, right? Just like the body. And it's even more important now than it ever has been. And I think if you could live into any statement, is that happiness is a choice we make from moment to moment. And it just gives you that empowerment to know, you know what, at any moment, there is something that I'm grateful for. And if you can even think that, that's all you need to know you're grateful for because you're breathing, right? You're alive. And I do believe that we live in a spiritually deficit culture where connection to something greater the magic and the mystery and the wonder and the awe has been really lost. And I really believe that that choice of happiness, when you anchor into a faith that this life is a gift and that (laughs) that the interweavings of this web of this tapestry of existence of the planet and the plants and the water and the sun and the human consciousness and all of it is just so magical and so perfect that if that doesn't anchor you into a faith of knowing that it's okay and that I'm simply here to just be more of who I am and to love, then making happiness as a choice becomes easier. It really does. And it becomes much easier when you make choices that support all of the systems of the body, right? So we know that mind, body are one and the energy that we intake through information, through people, through food, through substance, it all affects our mind. So the first place to start is what is your choice? How are you choosing to feed the quality of your mind, of your hormones, of the chemicals, of your thoughts? It all makes a difference. And so you have the power to change. Don't look outside of yourself anymore. This is the time to tune within and that innate ability you have to self-govern and the innate Um, tools and resources that you that you live into every day don't let anyone take that away from you anymore and the fourth and final factor um, that allows you to be more resilient in the face of adversity when you change your relationship to alcohol is the ability to be inspired and creative and so I'm kind of always leading into it with my last statement but Um, like I was talking about earlier is that piece of boredom. Um, you know, it's just become part of our, our culture for, and it was for me growing up and that, you know, with our free time, this is what we do. I I remember like, I can't wait till the weekend and we're partying hard all weekend. And you should have seen when I would go camping, it was like, we were going in quarantine. I mean, I had all the things, 
um, all the different kinds of booze that you could have. And now, I mean, I've always had hobbies and art and stuff, but so I just leaning into that even more has been so awesome. And I'm in, I'm constantly inspired just by being, just by simply sitting, um, doesn't feel boring to me. I love meditation. I love my Kundalini yoga practice. I love being with my son and just watching his mind evolve. And we are growing some seeds and going down to the river and seeing how the earth continues to flow and to thrive. And there's just so much out there when you clear your body of all the toxins and the chemicals and your mind starts to recalibrate to a different reality, which it is happening right now. So what a perfect time to quit drinking or at least start to explore the process, um, you become a vessel. You become a vessel for creativity and life and inspiration and choosing happiness becomes easier and easier and easier. And it doesn't mean you don't experience pain or sadness or anxiety. It means your capacity to breathe into it and to allow it and to invite it in as part of your beautiful human experience becomes so much greater. So my invitation to you today, sweet friend, is to explore the opportunity that you have right in front of you right now to change your relationship to alcohol because a life where alcohol is at center stage is not the life that you need to live. It is not the fullness of what's possible for you of the gift of this life that you have been given. It is not only robbing you of spirit, but it is limiting your ability to see beyond and to see into the vast greatness of what is in your purpose here on this earth. It is taking that away from you. And so briefly, just as another note of inspiration, the four factors that really, really help support resilience in the face of adversity when you change your relationship to alcohol is your ability to allow emotions, you're managing the mind and distinguishing and discerning truth from story and really just tapping into your own innate intuition your ability to choose happiness instead in any moment just by knowing that your life is a gift essentially and then your um your ability to be inspired and cr- and creative and with so much more than i mean this doesn't need mean you need to become a musician or an artist this means that in, you start to see in technicolor life Life is a rainbow and it's, and it's there and it's ready for you. Um, please share this if this would support anyone. I am so blessed and so grateful to have you here listening. I would love to connect with you on a deeper level. If you find that this is the time for you to start exploring your relationship to alcohol, I think that your story in your life is one of purpose, of worth, and is so unique and it changes the tapestry of this life in this world. So blessings to you and reach out to me, mary at marywagstaffcoach.com. It's my email and I'm happy to answer any questions or connect with you in any way. Have an amazing day and I hope that you and your loved ones find all that you need to support yourself. Take care. Bye-bye. The process of unraveling your story outside of the confines of alcohol is truly a sacred and beautiful journey of the self. Rediscover who you are in a whole new world again. 
Stop by my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to get instant access to the on-demand workshop of my revolutionary five shifts approach. And while you're there, you can sign up for a one-on-one consultation where we will create together your life intention. This is the framework for which all of your decisions around alcohol are made from your truest and highest self. In addition to working remotely worldwide, I host private one-on-one healing retreats at my sanctuary in Mount Hood, Oregon. I can't wait to connect.